Have you ever thought of becoming a famous wrestler? Should you date your mom's boyfriend? On this week's episode, we'll be discussing Juana Barraza, the professional luchador known as La Matavajitas, or the little old lady killer, mm. and the first documented female serial killer in Mexico. Find out the wrong way to work through mommy issues on this week's episode of Well, That's Horrible. Welcome back to this week's episode of Well, That's Horrible. I'm Reese, like the pieces. Uh, and by the way, okay, Reese's Pieces. It is Reese's Pieces, mm-hmm. not Reese's Pieces. I do call them Reese's Pieces. Fuck you. Dude, and what's even more embarrassing is I say milk, like M-E-L-K, and it's not ironic anymore. I think I started it ironically, and I was just like, I'm going to have some milk, and like... It just kind of stuck, so I no longer say milk. But uh, and I that's also just painful. But at least I don't say milk. That's true. But pieces, pieces. You don't you don't drop a glass and say, "Oh, there are pieces of glass all over the floor." You <laughs> say pieces. So Reese's rhymes with pieces. I just need to get that out there. Um, and then uh, this is Travis, <laughs> like the band named Travis. Oh, hey. Is that a real thing? <laughs> it is. Is there a band in yep. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I, I had to track it down. Uh, we comb the entire planet for horrible and heartwarming stories and lay them gently at our listeners' feet for their approval. Gently. Gently. So gentle. Please remember to like, rate, and subscribe on all of our channels. Uh, that way, uh, you'll get notified about each episode that comes out every Tuesday. Uh, before we dive into the seedy underworld of professional Mexican wrestlers, I think we need to take a deep dive into our psyches. Are you ready? I'm ready. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Unprofessional opinion. All right, welcome back. Uh, let's see, we've got... Would you rather shit yourself once a year in public or every day in private? Mm, do I get to choose when in public? Nope. It is it is completely random. Throughout the year, 365. 365. I mean... Well, that's for the uh, shitting in private. Is every single day. I know, but it could happen... Any time within right. the year. Like, I don't have, like, a designated day. Like, Correct. oh, today's shit your pants day. Correct. but Because I could prepare for shit your pants day. I mean, right. it could be holiday. There, you know? <laughs> I'm taking the day off. It's, yeah. my, it's my pants shitting day. <laughs> it is my pants shitting day. <laughs> if I can choose the, the day, day, absolutely. You know? I mean, I already shit my pants about once a year anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know, think of how much, if you decided to go the route of only shitting yourself in public... So it's once a year. Think of the anxiety. Like if it was January 1st and you shit yourself, you'd be like, sweet. I, right. I have the rest of the year to not worry about it. <laughs> but think about if you got to month 10, 11, 12. It's like playing Russian roulette and all the empty chamber, chambers are uh, getting used up. Right. Eventually it's going to hit. Just but, fucking become a recluse, like never leave your house, never go in public. Right. You have to, but but then... Wait, are you shitting only once 
in that time? Like, is it one giant shit like a sloth? No, no, you're you're shitting normally. It's just shitting your pants. Oh, so, so once you're shitting pretty, your pants, it's pretty giant, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I I think because every day in private, you still wouldn't be able to plan for it. You would at least know if I'm alone, then I'm probably okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I personally, I think. I would have to go with once a year in public and just know that I'm going to have one terrible day a year. <laughs> I and mean, knowing what my... are you getting in return? Like, why, why would, who, I don't want to make this deal. Nope. Can I just have neither? no options? No, like... <laughs> you have to pick one. We better be getting something like fucking good luck the rest of the year. I'll give you a high five. I mean, no thanks. <laughs> I've seen where your hands have been. It's true. Inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, but you do, you do have to choose. Which one, which one are you going with and why? Oh, I I would shit my pants in private. I would just once a day. Yeah, you can plan a just while I'm hanging out at home. I'd be wearing some Depends. You have a shower right there. You'd have to have a whole Depends budget though. Yeah, if it's happening once a day, you're going. I don't know how I many come in a pack, but have so much social anxiety. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> Not in like small settings, but when I'm out in like a big group, yeah, like I almost get like a little bit panicked. So <laughs> the worst case scenario is. Any more attention being drawn to me? Right. And, yeah, no, actually, I know, I mean, I know my what my dad would choose, because he shits himself in public about once a year. <laughs> it's good to have hobbies. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, glad, glad we called your dad. <laughs> yeah, fuck <laughs> you, Leonard. <laughs> Just joking, I love you, dad. <laughs> da, da. All right, so now that we've decided where we'd like to shit ourselves, uh, let's find out about Juana Barraza. All aboard! Now, at the uh, beginning here, I am going to add a little note that I found a fair amount of conflicting information in today's story, but I went with what I was able to find most consistently. So if you find info different than what I've been able to gather, um, well, then you know exactly where you can take that opinion and shove it. Right alongside everyone else's opinion, because we like to validate people on this show. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. I was like, is that it? Is that what's going on? Are we, are we ostracizing the we audience are. just right away? Like this, I mean, usually we wait until like two-thirds of the way. Or two <laughs> nope, halves, we're starting out strong. Uh, or two, what was, fuck. I don't know. I, I, I two tried quarters, to math. I think is what you Two used. quarters. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also, there are a ton of Hispanic names in this episode, so I'm going to do my absolute best to do them justice, but my white boy mouth is going to struggle with these. Um, I'm more Don't. comfortable with names like uh, Jeff and Wonderbread than, <laughs> than I am with these. Don't ever say the phrase white boy mouth again. <laughs> it rolled off your tongue a little too, too naturally, <laughs> and I feel like there's... <laughs> Just don't go looking too far on uh, Craigslist. Juana Barraza is born in 1957 in Hidalgo, Mexico, just north of Mexico City. Barraza's mother is an absolute piece of work. Her parents are Trinidad Barraza, a police officer, and Justa Samperio, who is described as an alcoholic prostitute. Mm. 
Her father claims to be a rancher, but from the research I was able to do, it seems that he only had a handful of goats, actually. (laughs) Uh, But there was something he was better at than wrangling a couple goats. Procreation. (laughs) It's estimated that he had somewhere in the vicinity of 35 children. Goddamn. Can you imagine what that child support must have been? (laughs) And, I mean, guaranteed he paid all of his child support. Right. Yeah, yeah. he stayed and on top of things. This was at what time and in Mexico? Yeah, this was in Mexico and uh, 1957. So, yeah, absolutely. Child yeah. support was a big thing. <laughs> right? Uh, so Imagine the dating pool in that town. Oh, well, <laughs> like, he, he swam the entire length of that pool. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> trying to date, like, what about 20 years down the road? And you're right. like... <laughs> or even like the entire town is your children. Road, like, oh, our grandparents are siblings. Like, <laughs> right? Distant, like, uh-huh. they have the same dad. A lot of inbreeding in Hidalgo. <laughs> it's gotta be. <laughs> so, even though this amazing, highly successful rancher is everyone's dream man, uh, three months after Baraza's birth, Justa abandons her husband and begins an adulterous relationship with Refugio Samperio. A married man. I mean, I would too with a name like that. (laughs) What was that name? Refugio Semperio. Oh, I'm hard. (laughs) Uh, What makes things a little more interesting is that Semperio is married to Justa's mother. That's right. She was sleeping with her own stepfather, who then becomes the primary father figure in Juana's life. Interesting. he technically would have been her step-grandpa, but then gets with her mom and then is her primary father figure for the rest of her life. I didn't know Mexico had an Alabama. <laughs> this is it, apparently. Not a tooth among them. <laughs> During Juana's childhood, she never learns to read and has an understandably rocky relationship with her mom. She rarely speaks to her mother, even as a child. Her mother is abusive to her, both mentally and physically. And given the nature of her parental figures, home isn't exactly a stress-free environment. When Juana turns 12, she gets clear evidence of how her mother actually values her. Justa trades her 12-year-old child to a man named Jose Lugo. What was tempting enough to trade her child to a strange man? A fleet of Lamborghinis? A warehouse of Rolexes? Nope. Three beers. (laughs) This woman gave her child to a random man for three beers. That is horrible, but I also think you just outed yourself at how much you would sell your children for. No, I I actually thought about that. I thought that it would be a reflection of what I would sell my children for, but the, the way I rationalize those examples in my head is... I was just trying to think of something that would be lavish enough that someone would sell their child. Oh, okay. For that amount. Just someone. Just someone. A hypothetical Not me. someone. Not me. It's um, my friend. Uh, it, my friend has the problem. Exactly. That, that's what it, my friend would do. It would have to be two warehouses of Lamborghinis. Oh. <laughs> for one of my kids. <laughs> You're not easily bought. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, okay. Yeah. Three beers. How, how did that negotiation go? Uh, hey, miss, uh, I'm interested in purchasing your daughter. I'm, I'm not what you would call a wealthy man, but I do have some liquid assets at my disposal for <laughs> child purposes. I have a couple uh. mint condition rubber bands, 
a wrapper from a Tootsie Pop with the dude that has the bow and arrow on it, so you could probably <laughs> trade that in for a new sucker, or three room temp natty lights. <laughs> yeah, because you got to say, what kind of beer? Right, like, they, I couldn't find that anywhere. Beer? Like, what kind of beer was it? Like, Does it before really we matter judge her when too you're... harshly, what kind of beer was it? It would have to be a really good beer. Or I mean, a, a really lager? bad mom. Was it, was it, you know, was, was it a, how many hops? What was the, I don't fucking know enough about beer. I was Counting trying to pull hops? out like. Oh, this beer has over <laughs> seven hops in it. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, I was fucking, I was trying to think of different types of beer and, and I was thinking failed. like Pinot. <laughs> like I drink fucking beer. I like. Right. You'd think I would know different kinds. No. <laughs> or things about the pale them. ale. Yeah. There we go. IPA. Fuck. Can we just cut that entire breakdown? So, I mean, what kind of beer? <laughs> so, understandably, Juana points to this as the moment she began hating older women. Jose takes her to his Fair. home. What? Fair. Yeah, really absolutely. Jose takes her to his home and ties her to a bed. She is repeatedly raped and beaten over the course of the next five years. While kidnapped, she becomes pregnant twice. The first time, Jose forced her to have an abortion. The second time, she gave birth to a baby boy. After living through absolute hell for five years, all because of three beers, Juana is thankfully found and saved by her uncles. Where were these uncles five years ago when all this went down, you ask? Apparently... They'd checked in with Justa to make sure that Juana was doing okay, but she was obviously gone. Justa had told them again and again that Juana had gone with Jose voluntarily, and it takes them five years before they mm. actually discover the truth and track her down. Jesus. After her mother died... Yeah. <laughs> After her mother dies of cirrhosis, big shocker, Juana moves to Mexico City. While living there, she goes through several failed marriages, through which she has four children. Unfortunately, her oldest child is killed in a gang shooting when he is only 24. During the 80s and 90s, Juana holds a smattering of different jobs, but the most interesting is as a masked wrestler named La Dama del Silencio, the Lady of Silence, which she intends to reflect her own shy, silent personality. She starts with selling snacks at the events, but then moves up the amateur ranks. She begins to train her physique and build herself into someone that would never be a victim again. If you haven't seen the movie Nacho Libre, Lucha Libre, <laughs> literally Free Fight, is an entertainment spectacle in which competitors wear flashy costumes and masks. I wrote flashing costumes. Mm. I don't think they're flashing. They're just flashy. They could be. They could I mean, be. Some LEDs. <laughs> and no, no. They, I mean, not in the 50s, obviously. No, but no, now. probably not. And uh, they fight in a ring. The best comparison I can make to anything domestic is WWE. While the fights are typically choreographed, it's still very rough on the body. In Lucha Libre, there is typically a hero called the face and the villain called the heel. Juana chooses to be a villain, believing that it fits her nature a little bit better. Her outfit, however, doesn't exactly look uh, super villainous. I'll post a few pictures of it, but I think the uh, pink Power Ranger 
um, is the closest example <laughs> with a butterfly. So she wore a butterfly belt buckle and also a butterfly mask. Hmm. So her whole face was covered in a butterfly and pink and gold everywhere. It was, uh, it was a very pretty costume, but not, uh, not a heel costume, not, not a heel costume, <laughs> no sting, no undertaker. No, no. <laughs> unfortunately, it turns out that the amateur Lucha Libre circuit isn't exactly the wealth building career that she was shooting for. In 1995, after the birth of her fourth child, finances get even tighter, and she turns to a life of crime. She begins by stealing items from shops and later moving on to burglarizing homes. In 1996, she hatches a plan with a friend, Araceli Tapia Martinez, to steal from the elderly. They dress up in white clothes and pretend to be nurses so they can get access to elderly people's homes. They seemed to only target people living alone and then would rob them once they were inside. Hmm. Things seem to be going about as well as methodical burglary can. <laughs> um, that is Methodical burglary. <laughs> Band name called it. Uh, and that is until Tapia starts to date a corrupt federal police officer, Moises Flores Dominguez. And the two decide that they're going to extort Juana. Flores gets a tip from Tapia that Juana was going to commit a burglary. He's there when she comes out of the house and demands that she pay him 12,000 pesos, which in today's dollars would be about $1,200. She manages to scrape together enough to pay him. By 2000, Juana has retired as a wrestler. Uh, keep in mind that she was earning about $34 in today's money per fight. Damn. $34 a fight. That's... That yeah. is not a... And, and that's accounting for inflation. Right. So that's like someone trying to survive today on $34 a fight. I Good. mean, how many fights? Well, I don't know how many you could have in a week. I'm, I'm yeah. guessing... Two, three shows a day? Maybe. But that'd be so <laughs> rough on the body, though. Right, yeah. yeah it's fucking brutal. destroy you. Yeah. Um... Let's see, yeah, that is that's a rough way to make a living. Now let's step back a couple years to 1998. There has been a series of brutal murders of elderly people in Mexico City. The press believes that these crimes are the work of a serial killer dubbed El Matavajitas. You'll notice that they used the masculine L because they assumed that the killer was actually a man. Yeah, I totally. Totally noticed that. Yeah, I'm sure you caught that. I caught. That's been new. bothering you for a long time. Yeah, so I was I was on board. <laughs> yeah. The Mexico City police deny any connection between the murders, and a number of people are imprisoned for them. However, as far as we know, Juana didn't commit her first murder until 2002, which leads some to believe that she was inspired by the little old lady killer name as opposed to being the inspiration for it. Hmm. Um, that being said, there are quite a few people who conjecture that she may have actually started killing in 1998 just because the method of strangulation with all those other murders was very similar to how she went about her murders. Uh, Juana's first confirmed victim is Maria de la Luz Gonzalez Anea. Also, so many names. So, so many, many names, names <laughs> that I can't pronounce. And don't get me wrong, they are beautiful names. I wish I had a Some name. of them are beautiful. Some, Some of, of them are Bobs. 
That's true. You know, they're, they're the, the Mexico bobs. They're just such lengthy names. Uh, she cons her way into Maria's apartment, and Maria starts to make comments that Juana considered to be derogatory. Juana loses it, beats Maria senseless, and then finishes her off by strangling her with her bare hands. It's assumed that she doesn't plan on this being a trend because, she, as far as we know, she doesn't kill for another three months. Hmm. In early 2003... Oh, three months. Yeah, she held off for so long. <laughs> what self-restraint. Just sitting there shaking. Yeah. Oh, I need to kill. <laughs> just like one does, you know. <laughs> as one does. That's why we have hunting season, right? <laughs> no, that's the purge. Oh. <laughs> In early 2003, the old lady murders take a sharp swing upwards. That same year, police have gathered enough evidence that they believe the murders may be linked to a serial killer and that the killer is most likely a tall person with rough features who is posing as a city council nurse or concerned neighbor. It even makes it into political debates. A current politician institutes elder care for people above 70, including home visits from nurses, and because it is believed that the killer is a nurse... His opponent in the political race claims that he was the reason that the killings had happened. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Way to, way to spend <laughs> taking care of old people. Right. How dare you? You're leading to their murder by providing medical attention for yeah. them. Fuck them, right? <laughs> I mean, you probably shouldn't. You're I married mean, and whatnot. Gilf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Juana has finally opened the floodgates of rage against her mother. In her mind, these elderly women are evil, just like her mother. These murders are justice, and thus the little old lady killer is born. Juana goes on to befriend her victims and lures them into their own homes or into quiet, secluded locations. There she bludgeons them to death or wraps an extension cord around their necks and pulls until they stop moving. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. I, I that's, actually... That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I actually have a really similar method of eating Oreos where, you know, you just got to hold it under the milk until that last bubble comes up and I then fucking, it's ready. Now I'm going to have to, on my way home, as I drive through the snow, I'm going to have to make a stop to get Oreos. And so you're going to have to stop at the store and see what new fucked up flavor the insane people <laughs> at Oreo have come out with now. <laughs> A few years into her serial killing career, Juana starts up a relationship with Jose Francisco Torres Herrera. I think I would avoid people with the name Jose. Like, isn't that what the guy's name was? Oh, yeah, it was. At the beginning. Yeah. I, think, I thought I don't you think were I, just like, making a personal statement, and I was no. uh, concerned that this might take a, a bad turn. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of nice Jose's out there, yep, so yep. shout out to Jose. <laughs> don't know Jose. But, if yeah, if I were kidnapped for five years and right. horrible things done to me by Jose, I would probably right. avoid people. Yeah. Uh, it's like well, after I eventually escape from this basement that you keep me in. <laughs> Uh, I won't hang out with people named Reese. I so. bring you food on a semi-regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jose is a taxi driver that goes by the name El Frijo, which means the bean. Mm. That was his nickname. Uh, I uh, I don't think, is that how you say Freehole? I, I don't think that's how you say it. F-R-I-J-O-L? I, I'm, I'm just, I don't know if you're just so white. <laughs> that it just sounds like free hole. Free hole. But I've definitely heard that said before. Let's see if I'll... Bean? See. I've, I've heard frijoles or something. I don't know. But 
I don't fucking think free hole. Let's, <laughs> let's see if I can add a little thing. zhuzh to this. He's a taxi driver that goes by the name of Frijol. <laughs> Is that better? So good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I wasn't really aware that taxi drivers have a stage name, much like Cher, but uh, I guess now we know. <laughs> it seems that Juana has finally found her soulmate because the two work hand in hand to really ramp up the intensity of the killings. He even goes so far as to support and compel her to keep killing um, and keep chasing her next victim. It's pretty clear that he only sees these killings as his next payday. Hmm. The first victim that they take down as a dynamic duo is Carmen Gonzalez. However, what they don't know is that Carmen's son is a renowned and influential criminologist. Mm. He pushes for increased police patrols as well as awareness campaigns. By 2002, there have been about 12 to 14 murders of elderly women in the area. Yeah, damn. Yeah. What makes her even tougher to track down, though, is that she's what's known as a disorganized killer. Uh, this means that most of the crimes are crimes of convenience with little to no planning going into it in advance. By 2003, there are over 20 elderly women who have been murdered with the same M.O., strangulation with a power cord or nylons. And a couple years later, in 2004, the body count has climbed to over two dozen. God, that's a lot of fucking... <laughs> it is. A lot of little old ladies that I know, that's a lot of murdered grandmas. That's a lot of, yeah, that's a, everybody's grandma. Uh-huh. That's a lot of Betty Whites. Yeah, it Mexican is. Mexican Betty Whites. Uh-huh. Just snuffed out. <laughs> no more cookies. No. No oh, more churros. They were delicious cookies. Even so, it's not until the end of 2005 that the police finally officially admit that the murders are possibly more than, quote, media sensationalism. Two dozen murders with the same <laughs> M.O. And they're finally like, fine, I guess. It's there a it serial is. killer. Every, every time, any, any serial I killer know. story, there's yep. always the incompetent cops. It gets better. <laughs> For quite a while, however, they still fail to focus in the right direction. Several eyewitness reports state that the killer wore women's clothes, and because of the strength it would take to commit those crimes, they're looking for a man impersonating a woman. <laughs> for centuries, it was assumed that women weren't capable of horrific acts of violence, which heavily influenced murder investigations, even into this century, obviously, but that works in Juana's favor. One of the other reasons that the police weren't looking for a woman is that statistically, women murder family members as opposed to complete strangers. Keep in mind that there's a very real possibility that Juana was simply seeing these elderly women as a placeholder for her mother. So really, it kind of still follows the same pattern. Right. She couldn't kill her mom, but... But she's killing her mom with a dude named Jose. Like, yeah. this is like a psychiatrist's wet dream. I know. There's... I, I wanted to go more into the psychology, but I, <laughs> I didn't want the... Uh, his <laughs> story to get way too long. <laughs> With one of her intended victims, she breaks into the house only to be met by the woman's tenant who is staying there. The man chases her out of the house, and the police finally have their first close-up description of the killer. They use this description to create a clay model of the killer's bust. It winds up looking like a gender-neutral face with short hair. Oh, 
bus. Okay. I was thinking something else. I thought they were like, we're going to identify this by woman her by her boobs. I 100%. I was like, really? Is that a police tactic? Like- I mean, it sounds like the whole force was uh, pretty misogynistic. So I wouldn't put it past them. I think it's, they just wanted to boobs. like go door to door like, ma'am, we're doing the research. <laughs> Squeeze. Nope. Nope. That's mm. different. I better double mm. check this one. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yep. You may never get a badge. <laughs> uh, I don't, I, don't, I shouldn't have one. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the bust has Juana's very recognizable birthmark on her chin. The, the man reports that the attacker is a woman, but the police are still unwilling to consider that a woman could do these horrific acts. Again, this is in the 2000s. This isn't, this isn't 1902. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> not when they were like, oh, there's blood over here. <laughs> yeah. So who do you look for when you're looking for a woman, but not a woman? Obviously, transvestite sex workers. Okay. <laughs> These police were so committed to ignoring eyewitness reports, and all of the eyewitness reports up to this point had reported seeing a... A woman going into the houses, and still, they are refusing. These police were so committed to ignoring eyewitness reports that they begin rounding up transvestite sex workers for questioning. (laughs) Not sure. Again, just seems like they just wanted to hang out with some transvestite sex workers. That was my thought. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm not sure why it was just sex workers. And if they really thought that it was a transvestite committing these crimes... Why just sex workers? Right. That is very specific. Um, I think they just wanted them to hang around in the office. Interestingly enough, one of the transvestite sex workers they pick up is Nick Nolte. <laughs> God damn it. Is it my fault that these calves look bitching in these heels? You think my voice got this way from smoking? Please, my throat's taking more beatings than Michael Vick's dogs. I can handle more customers in a day than a Walmart with all the cash registers open. And while I'm at it, let the record show that I've made way more kits than the goat herder at the beginning of this story. Jesus. More beatings than Michael Vick's dog? God damn. With no luck on that angle, the police then shift their attention to looking for a gay or bisexual man. They There's some projection will, going on here. There is, and they will not <laughs> give up on this. They haven't looked for any women yet. It's been years, and they're still like, nah, no, not worth it. I, I feel like these guys were just moving down the list of prejudice one step at a time. Right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Still unwilling to look for a woman, the police then start combing through morgues and fingerprinting corpses. I hope that this was after their funerals. <laughs> Mommy, why are great-grandpa's fingertips black? Oh, don't worry, honey. It's it's just because there's a serial killer on the loose, and they thought your great-grandpa might be the killer. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Shockingly enough, none of these poor people wind up being the killer. Oh. By this point, police have collected a handful of fingerprints from victims' homes, all matching. But because Juana's fingerprints are not in the system, there are no matches. Now we've come to Juana's final murder. 
She cons her way into another house where she strangles the homeowner to death with a stethoscope. However, as she's leaving, a nephew of the woman is walking in the front door. Juana makes a run for it, but the man calls the police who apprehend Juana shortly after. She's brought in for questioning. Her fingerprints are a match for the other crime scenes. Even with this evidence, though, Juana only confesses to the last murder she committed, insisting that none of the others had been her doing. Even though she only confesses to the one murder, she is eventually convicted of 11 murders, even though the estimate is around 48. Jesus, fuck. She is sentenced to 759 years in prison. However, uh, I found out that in Mexico prisons... Um, their sentences are served concurrently, meaning they don't stack on top of each other. So, say you got a 12 life sentences, mm-hmm. you would serve them all at the same time instead of them adding on to each other. Uh, also, the maximum sentence someone can serve in prison is 50 years for anything. Any crime, the most you can spend in prison is 50 years. So, um, theoretically, she could get out of prison alive. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how old? I mean, how old was she when the, these went on? So she would be closing in on 100. Okay. Yeah. But. <laughs> but. I mean, it is possible, though. Yeah, why, why would they serve them consecutive? Like, why? I don't know. It, it doesn't, doesn't make, make any, any sense. sense. You can do, obviously, you can do anything and just have a max sentence of 50 years. Doesn't matter what the crime is. Maybe they just, like. People don't survive Mexican prisons? I don't know. <laughs> they just assume you'll die before you hit 50 years? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe it's just because I've played too much Uncharted, but I mean... <laughs> that does make you pretty hardcore. One last interesting note is that in 2015, Juana gets married to a fellow inmate. Apparently, Mexican prisons have both men and women in the same facility, and they also had recently started an initiative which provided food drinks, and cake for inmate weddings. Juana gets married with 48 other couples at the same time in that prison. Over the course of the next year, Juana gets to see her husband about four times, and then they get divorced. Oh, nice. Cool. <laughs> and to Worth thi- it. <laughs> and to this day, Juana still maintains that she only killed one person. Even right. with all that evidence. So, Travis, I have a question for you. What's the most embarrassing costume you've ever worn? I mean, luckily, I've never worn anything super controversial. Uh, Good so for you. I no, no Aladdin costumes or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no blackface. Uh, I'm proud so of you. I'm gonna try to keep that that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, one year I went to school and uh, I. Uh, Dr. Frankenfurt from yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Really? So I wore uh, st- uh, fishnets yep. and heels that did I went shave? to Goodwill. Uh, I did not. But I'm not a very hairy person okay. to begin with. So I guess uh, I haven't spent enough time studying your legs. <laughs> yeah, and even back then. I was like <laughs> 15, 16. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I had the corset, had panties, <laughs> like... Uh, you really full. went all out. Yeah, I had the wig, wore the makeup. Wow. Yeah, I went full bore. And I went to school in that uh-huh. with a trench coat. So so that you could open it up. Yeah, oh, and I had man. flash people. 
Do you have pictures of this? Uh, I do somewhere, but this was uh, in the old age of disposable cameras. So all the pictures I have of that time uh, are printed off somewhere in a book in my house. So I'll have to scan them because I'm old. If you can ever track those down, I feel like we need to put that picture on Instagram. That has to get up there. We'll do it. Yeah, I'll find it. I know that there's a few pictures that exist. But yeah, and then I went on a date with a girl after school. That same day? Trick-or-treated, same day. And trick-or-treated house-to-house. In that costume? Yeah, without the trench coat. What did parents think? Like, what were people's reactions? I don't know. At this time, I was, like, giving people the goat all the time. That's true. In in case you don't know, goat is when you tuck yourself through your legs and then pinch your legs together and then you bend over and then you have, like, your asshole and then your balls and then your dick and it looks slightly like a goat with the beard. So... It's from the movie Waiting. Yep. So that was my go-to move. <laughs> Getting people the goat. <laughs> I was also known uh, as the naked man uh, in some bitter root communities. Okay. <laughs> just because I, I used to like to go streaking and I'd just get naked all the time. It was just weird phase <laughs> that lasted for 10 years. <laughs> that's not a phase. In 10 years. A lot of that's, skinny dipping. Yeah, that's a long time. Uh, mine actually also involved a wig. Um, but uh, you are already aware, but our listeners might not be. Um, I used to be a theater kid. Uh, and uh, before that there were some strong indications that I was going to be in theater. Uh, I had a cousin who was also um, theatrically oriented. And uh, so he and I, when when we would get together, would put plays on. And it would be the two of us. And much like uh, Shakespearean era plays, uh, where men played women, we had to do the same. So at least one of us would be wearing a dress and wig and glasses <laughs> and heels. Um, and nice. there are way too many pictures of, uh, of this. <laughs> Actually, I should see if I can find one and either blur out my cousin's face or see if I can get permission <laughs> from him. <laughs> but uh, so I think we need to take a sharp turn from this topic and talk about some good stuff. Are you ready? Ready. Good news, everyone! Well, that's not so horrible. All right, what you got for us? So, uh, good news this week is Mm -hmm. uh, there's been a breakthrough in Alzheimer's, uh, slowing Alzheimer's down. Really? So there's a new drug that has been shown to slow Alzheimer's progression. Uh, Doesn't stop it completely. Okay. uh, But it... It's the first time they've ever had any breakthrough in 30 years. Yeah. You know, in this, uh, it's 27% over 18 months is what they saw. Like, okay. It, so it decreased. So a 27% increase in life expectancy? No, a drug reducing the decline in mental faculties. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. It, it's, so the mental faculties decline was reduced slower. by 27%. So got it's it. not like a huge breakthrough, but Every- it's. A breakthrough, which makes it huge. Uh, I mean, there's 55 million people with 
Alzheimer's and dementia. Wow. And usually people die within seven years of mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. Yeah. Usually when they get the diagnosis. Right. But, so it is pretty great yeah. news. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, do you know if it's gotten through FDA approval yet? Uh, I'm not sure. It's uh, it's a European uh, company, so it's oh, it's going to take forever to get here. Yeah, and it's super expensive. Okay, so it's like uh, ten to fifteen grand a month. What? For, and it takes at least eighteen months to show results. And it's wow. again, it doesn't stop right? the decline. Uh, that's so it's so much money. <laughs> yeah. So wow. It's, and I mean, and that's in fucking pounds. So I don't right. even know, like How the conversion. Um, so. I've actually been doing some conversions. It is uh, currently uh, 1.2 pounds to every U.S. dollar. Oh, okay. So you can do that math real quick. I'm, sure. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I don't excel in math. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I thought you were making an Excel joke. No. <laughs> not intentionally, anyway. No, not intentionally. <laughs> I had to think about, like, oh, what the fuck? I mean, I'm not thinking about spreadsheets no. right now. <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> they live in your nightmares. They do. <laughs> well, folks, that wraps up this week's episode of Well, That's Horrible. Please like, rate, and subscribe so you can get notified of each episode that comes out every Tuesday. Uh, Come back next week when we talk about a man who sold tickets to a fake sovereign nation. Remember to talk to a therapist before you go killing people because they remind you of your mom. And always (laughs) remember to make the world a little less horrible. Well, 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 that's horrible. Look at your fucking wolf-looking ass dog. We're being stalked. She fucking looks like a wolf. (laughs) She's an embarrassment.